0: Hello and welcome back to the Abbey Online podcast. This week I'm back with a content creator that I went to school with. His name is Joe and he runs a digital platform called Masculine Theory. I have been researching into the manosphere and specifically the red pill ideology once again. As I've been inundated with the likes of Fresh and Fit and Andrew Tate who in recent weeks have flooded my For You page. I decided to reach out to Joe from Masculine Theory in order to learn more about these online communities, as he himself has his own stake in the game. But only difference is he preaches a more positive message. He encourages and helps men with pornography addictions, fitness, spirituality, and sex and relationship. During this episode, we will be discussing the toxic aspects of red pill ideology, pornography and addiction to it, semen retention, no fat, and so much more. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. And please don't forget to give me a rating on all of my platforms. Thank you. I couldn't help but notice that A lot of red-pilled spaces are toxic. Hate-filled men who have had their hearts broken refuse to seek therapy, claim most women are low value, and then schedule their whole lives around seeking validation women in the form of one-night stands in order to feed their very weak egos. Some of these spaces claim to be about self-improvement and earning more money as a man, but most of these red-pilled content creators publish consistent misogynistic and harmful messages in the stuff that they choose to create. All of their content is mostly solely focused on women. With their method of teaching, they encourage men to lie and manipulate women, and in some cases, abuse women to achieve their own needs. All whilst objectifying and dehumanizing women in the process, they hate women, but feel entitled to sex and demand it from them. The notion that all women are money grabbing hauls only helps to encourage more violence against women. And in recent years, we have seen the consequences of this when certain negative male-orientated ideologies turn men into incels that lash out in some of the most violent ways and harm women and girls. A lot of these red pill men spout pseudo-scientific quotes with cherry-picked data to fit their narrative, but never have these studies to hand. They lie to men when they spout toxic crap and end up pushing a message which rots the minds of young boys and men in our Western societies. I feel like, I don't know, I just love what I do, obviously in the journalism Mm. arena, but I do care about women, and Mm. I just, I like to touch hot button topics.
1: Mm.
0: (laughs) I don't know why I'm just drawn to them.
1: they're they're, They're the hot button topics for a reason, they're the most interesting ones.
0: Exactly. Right, I won't hold you for too long, let's jump into it. How did you start your online community and how did you start working with men?
1: That's a big question, a question I can ask from many different ways. Um, The easiest one would say, I would say that, well, first of all, it wasn't really targeted at men when I first started, so ideally I wanted to kind of keep it all inclusive, I wanted to speak to women as well. I mean, you know me from school. I mean, my, my main kind of motivator was health, first and foremost. Um, my brand was Holistic Health, again, very all-inclusive. But I very quickly found, after a year of blogging on WordPress, to no real reward. That if you want to make a community online, you kind of have to proudly exclude people. Not because I wanted to, but you kind of have to be very specific to the type of person that you, you want to grab their eye. And unfortunately, I don't have too many reference points with women, and I have much more experience of being a man than I have being a woman, at least in this life. So I decided to, to target um, men. Um, and yeah, I was always interested in you know, going to the gym, keeping fit, and um, to save you maybe a, a large chunk at the start of maybe we can go into a little bit later, but some, some kind of dark areas in my life that I wanted to kind of uh, reframe and add a little bit more value to other men in similar areas of, of their life.
0: Why has the manosphere become so important to men? Because I see men online say this is the only space where we can like express ourselves and come together at, like in different fractions of different communities in order to discuss their own issues without, I'd say, judgment from other people for, for certain things certain viewpoints they may have or certain problems they may be experiencing?
1: Sure sure that's, a, that's another really big question um well I, I think first and fundamentally it stems from you know the kind of social political climate that we live in in the moment it kind of feels like it's a very group on group tribal warfare that we seem to be um you know in the midst of at the moment um, and you can you can there, there are so many different uh, subsets of groups we can all identify with, and it all really stems from: if you're more oppressed than another subset of group, then you have more right to some kind of reparations, I would say. So, for example, if you're a white man, there's, you know, that that's the least oppressed in in the history of the human race, and it almost feels like you don't have a right to to complain or maybe say you have an issue. Whereas if you're, you know. Uh, a, a member of the LGBT community, if you're disabled if you're if you're black if you're any kind of other subset, then you might have more of a right to um, talk about these issues and again we've c- kind of mentioned reparations there so i I think you know that's certainly a, a huge part of the 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 narrative there that we can we can go into but it's a very <laughs> it's a very um you know windy windy road down there but i will, I would also say that um you know that, that, that there's there's something to be said about also men um losing a little bit of their identity in in the light of this kind of woke culture that we live in and men kind of rediscovering you know masculinity without the backlash of again this fact that we're not oppressed and it seems like online is the only way to really express that i know we've just kind of touched on the surface with that answer but hopefully that satisfies you for now
0: (laughs) (laughs) do men who believe in the red pill ideology come to you because i've just been researching it because i've been bombarded with andrew tate i know kevin samuels has now passed away Mm -hmm. um people like wheat waffles all of those types of people just come up on my for you pages Mm -hmm. and i'm like what is going on and then I've had a look at some people that used to be in those types of communities and they've given their reasons for leaving so do mm. you do you coach these type of men do you talk to them why do you think that's become so popular that's kind of two questions in one sorry to-
1: <laughs> yeah yeah um, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's it's a really interesting I, I certainly think that a large majority of, of the men that kind of you know are in my community kind of follow that kind of particular um, you know reason but like you kind of said at the, um, pardon me, my internet.
0: Ooh. It's fine. You can cut it, it. carries on recording this thing. Okay. Um, you can, you
1: can still hear me. alright? I, so I can still
0: hear you. I can still hear you.
1: Okay, perfect. Sorry, so um, in respect to kind of the red pill ideology, yes, a lot of my followers do kind of come for that kind of content, but I think it's really important. I mean, you, you mentioned at the start before the call that you don't believe in any particular ideology. You don't resubscribe really to a group, which I think is a... A really um, uh, really intelligent uh, way to kind of carry yourself in respects to the, the current social political climate that we live in but um, I think it, it, it can go to its extremes so like feminism can go to its extremes red pill can go to its extremes and you know, just for the maybe for the sake of your listeners who aren't familiar with the red pill the red pill ideology kind of came into fact um, from the 1999 film the uh, matrix uh, have you watched that film before
0: I have. I'm really happy that you're breaking it down. <laughs> the re- I know there's so that's... red pill, blue pill. Yeah. And I know some people are so there's like a nihilistic side where it's like black pill mm. and you have those types. Yes. Of followers.
1: Yes. Yes. God help them. So essentially this is and, and it's important for anybody who would you know, ca- categorize themselves as being quote unquote red pill to uh, to understand where its inception came from so um, in the movie the 1999 ma- Matrix uh, the protagonist uh, Neo um, is given a choice by his mental Morpheus between a red pill and a blue pill and essentially the red pill is symbolic of uh, waking up to, the, to the, the truth and the blue pill is ignorance of that truth but you have to also remember that red pill means the truth the, the, the ugly truth but it will be the truth that's the important point um, and the premise of the film is the idea that uh, we are living in a simulation and uh, the world has been pulled over our eyes, so to speak, to blind us from the fact that we're actually slaves to a, a machine world that has become conscious and taken over the, uh, the world. Um, and that's that's an ugly truth, to know that you're a slave of nothing, and that you're naked and plugged into this machine. And anybody that would describe themselves as being red pill, is of the opinion that um, we should always be seeking for the truth, despite how ugly it is. So I'll give you an example of a red pill truth. Are you familiar with something called the sexual, um, uh, sexual market value?
0: Yes, I've heard of it. Women hit the wall at like 30, and men, they say that men peak at like, they're good in their like 40s and 50s, that's everything. I don't believe it's true. I, I don't like it when they say all women, all men, because...
1: I'm, I'm, pleased, I'm pleased you make that distinction, because I, I, would, I would certainly agree that you know, not all men and not all women um, would uh, you know, be exactly congruent with that particular idea. But um, it's an ugly truth. It's not pleasant to hear that, you know, if you're a man in your 20s, that you'll be nowhere near as valuable as you will be in your... Mid thirties onwards, especially if you want a relationship even you're in your in your twenties and you want to start a family, so you have to have an understanding. You know, if you if you don't understand that fact, for example, you might settle for a lower quality woman at that time because you believe that that's all you can get at that time. But when you get into your thirties and forties, you're getting all these attention from other women because you're established in your career and you know you're silver foxing and your body's good and you have got your your money. wonder why infidelity is so common and then as a woman it's not pleasant to hear that you won't be as valuable as you are in your 30s as maybe you were in your 20s again not all women That's an ugly truth not all women
0: (laughs) because when i hear it i'm like i don't obviously for me i'm black i'm like i still look 19 in my eyes i get id'd everywhere i go people i work with thought i was 21 So, and I know people that have got married say the woman is like 32 or 35 and the man is like 40. Does that make sense when they get into their 30s? And it's not to say that, because I know that they love to say that the women have been on this dick carousel and they're bed hopping. And it's like, I don't know women at my age that are actually doing that. Most of them are not having sex because they want to have relationships and they're not out every weekend in the club or seeking A lot of, like, male validation from just, like, random casual flings. Like, it's not every woman is doing that. (laughs) So I don't... A lot lot of
1: my clients want to know your friends, Evan. They're
0: they're everywhere. They want to
1: know
0: these women. People like Fresh and Fit will invite on OnlyFans girls. They're looking at a specific type of woman that is in a different area of their life or a different industry in their life, and they're, like, sex workers. Like, most women just have, like, normal jobs... Go to go to work, come and see their friends. Maybe have a pair knit in the evenings. They're not really out there like that. <laughs> that these women are everywhere, Joe. <laughs> no joke. But I don't know. I I, it's, it's, I
1: do. I, I no. I, I do concede that perhaps I think there's something to be said about the um, amplification of social media and a certain type of woman, especially if you you know you're a man and you're looking to attract. Her. A certain type of woman. Most men I would say are deluded in the concept of what a real woman actually is you mentioned fresh and fit They're kind of I, I'm familiar with some of their content uh, I'm not impressed by it to be honest um, I think it's actually sets a very very bad precedent for, for men and for women but they're very very popular a lot of men are watching these this kind of content because it's it's dramatic. It's exciting. It's polarizing. It's, uh, you know, there's a lot of drama to it.
0: It's dangerous. Uh, I would go as far as saying that, because some of the stuff that they say, like, it's kind of, and this is what scares me, and this is why I want women to kind of pay attention, and kind of mm-hmm. know what what some some men are taking in and how it's feeding them and these certain ideologies, because they'll say things like. You need to have her phone. She doesn't need to have her phone. She can't go out with her friends. These are very, like, controlling things, like... And there's this whole big talk of submission and submitting to a man. But I'm yeah. like... Is... Like, do these people have the right idea of what that's for? Because I have to be honest, Joe, not all of these men out here are worth submitting to. Like, I feel like the people <laughs> that... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> but in the way cor- of, like... correct
1: uh, analysis.
0: In the way of like these men that will be like, I'm an alpha male, I'm high value. A lot of them are not and they don't know how to actually have a healthy relationship or they can get a woman into bed, but they don't know how to keep her, if that makes sense. And it's like, I wouldn't trust any of the the men in that kind of industry. I'm not attracted to fresh and fit. And they say they're high value men and they can have anyone they want. And they're like, she's not allowed to go out with her friends. She's not allowed to do this. And I'm like, it's very controlling. And a lot of these men, to me, I don't know if you know what attachment issues are, but it seems like they have an attachment issue or some sort of insecurity sure. that they have to control a woman like that.
1: Sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, no, I completely agree with you there. Um, I, su- I suppose... I suppose it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of nuance to this in respects to ultimately what you want out of a relationship. I certainly think there can be a fine balance between what you're kind of saying there. There can be a healthy relationship based on that kind of principles of what would you say yin and yang is a better way I would personally say of describing it. So this this is where I think a lot of the contention in the last kind of let's say century has happened between the relationships between men and women. I mean, if you, I mean, when my grandfather was alive and the relationship he had with my grandmother is very much this kind of provider and nurturer role grandfather's a provider grandmother's the kind of nurturer of the house and you know bringing uh, making the food when he comes back from home from work and i certainly think um there is there can and there's a lot of evidence that there can be that kind of healthy side of things when you kind of do have a more of a, what would you say, traditional gender roles. For some people, this isn't going to work for everybody, but there are many women out there, and I've met women like this, who are very happy to play that kind of nurturing a more um, traditionally feminine role, I would say. But I would say that if you, as a man, are seeking this kind of relationship, then typically you're going to have to be, like you mentioned there, this, this very distinct, high-value man. You're probably going to be having to earn six figures a year if you're going to support two people. You're going to be, you know, in the in the top one percent of of men in you know in in the country. But what is the more common relationship now is your egalitarian relationship. So the kind of disillusionment of traditional gender roles and a relationship that's more predicated on equality and uh, you know a sharing of those roles. And this is again what you'll most likely see however i think i think we have a natural genetic predisposition as a man i want to i want to be i want to be able to sit more in the seat of masculine energy than i will in feminine energy and i would want the same for my for my girlfriend and you know she's she's very um you know feminine she i tell you what she's she loves plants, like she loves nurturing plants. My flat at the moment has about, no joke, about 50 plants. It's like a rainforest in here. This is the only room that she can't get her claws too much into. But she very much likes that kind of homely role. Not to say that you know, she won't take out um, uh, the trash or you know help me with a little bit of DIY around the house. But I, I think the issue arises there when, when there aren't moments where you can sit more in the seat of what naturally comes towards you in in terms of your energy does that kind of make sense
0: I completely get you and I think if both people are healthy enough and mature enough they can have like a a traditional happy healthy relationship but I think what red pill teaches and goes wrong it's like don't talk to your partner don't cry in front of your partner and one of my ex-boyfriends cried in front of me and I thought no less of him I didn't think that he was weak. It's like, I'm a very emotionally expressive person. And I just think, why can't you you and your partner have a conversation? I, I was listening to one Red Pill channel and he was like, um, what did he say? He was like, this, with the submissive thing, he was like, I make all the rules, I'm a leader, she should follow. But it's like, listening to these men speak, I would never put my trust in someone like that. I feel like the men that claim to be alpha online are not really alpha because the men that I know that are successful and do well do not sit behind a computer telling men to like sleep with as many women as possible and then try and find a virgin or someone that's not slept with anyone. It's like you are part of the problem if you're just gonna keep I call it lash and dash. If you're gonna keep lashing and dashing, like you're you're part of the problem and just hooking up and being like oh she's worthless and and dropping women. I just think the of whole course. with the whole submissive thing. In order to have like a proper partnership, the man needs to be healthy, and I don't believe a lot of these men are.
1: No, no, and I and I would I would one hundred percent agree with you in that fact. I mean, I mean, it's, it's it's completely illogical as well if you just observe how things work in in nature. Um. You, you mentioned some terms there, which again kind of make my skin crawl. This alpha uh, kind of <laughs> energy and being able to sit in it in, in, in extended periods of time, and I and I and the way I like to describe it to some of my um, you new know, followers, because I, again I, I, I own a, a very successful Twitter account, masculine theory, and, and and I feel the what would you say surface level opinion. Just hearing you know the branding would be, oh, this is guy's going to be talking about alpha stuff, and again have uh, have you know lash and dash and all the bits and pieces that you talked about there but then but in in you know if, if you kind of delve a little bit deeper in the, into my content and if i were to take the kind of typical you know black pillar uh, red pill extremist and say you know where you're going wrong here is that you have an imbalance of your energies here so there's a natural it's called duality so dualism kind of governs the physical realm in the world we live is you have a you have a you can 't have up without down you can 't have left without right you can 't have water without fire fire yang masculine energy is the natural energy that we have to express but you can 't recognize fire you can 't recognize the characteristics of the fire without first having an understanding of water so there has to be a balance between the the two you can 't have the sun without having the moon you can 't have day without having night so If you're of this kind of opinion that you can kind of sit in the seat of yang energy, masculine energy, alpha energy all day long, that's how you kind of burn out and you tip over and you become very, very sick and toxic. And it's, it's without recognizing this kind of yin phase to it, which is the relaxation, the rest, the digest. It's how your very nervous system is governed. You've got a sympathetic nervous system. Go, get the money, lift the weights. You've got a parasympathetic nervous system. Rest, digest, repair, And if you're not articulating yourself in the world intelligently by balancing your masculine energy with your feminine energy, your, your yang, your yin, this creates fresh and fit. Oh. This creates a lot of the people that you have a lot of distaste for.
0: Can I ask you, why do, because you said earlier... Where can, my, where can some of my clients meet some of your friends or whatever? Why do some of these men, because gen- they will say it. And there's this one woman, just pearly things. I don't know if you've come across her. I've She agreed to come on my podcast. I've spoken to her twice. I want, and she's a red-pilled woman. She's American, but she lives in East London. So not too far away from me. But she is a pick me. That's what I would call her. And some of her ideas just really annoy me. She is just, she fought fully capes to men, but she forgets to, to see that some men are players. She'll be like, it's your fault that you chose that man. Single mothers are bad, this, that, and the other. And they will never be able to raise a healthy child. And it's like, I came from a single parent home. I have a good job. Do you see what I mean? I can look after yeah. myself. Not mentally fucked, Um why why do some men and why why people saying that all women are like riding a dick carousel and we're all hooking up and we're all do you know what i mean playing because it's just not what i see i see women that want to have relationships and there are there are men playing them and it's just like never mentioned in the red pill it's all blamed on women women need to do better women are delusional and i'm like i think that there needs to be a balance of criticism on both sides I would never normally drag someone like this, but I'm passionate about women's issues and just pearly things, said Kevin Samuels gave her confidence and self-esteem, but claims to be super close with her father and goes to him for support, apparently. It's obviously lies and bullshit to impress men. If she was so close with her father, she wouldn't seek out men on the internet to build her self-esteem. She obviously hates other women and seeks validation from men, otherwise she wouldn't need to put women down continuously and go on about how much makeup they wear and how all women are hypergamous. How men are allowed to cheat, how women must submit to men, spouting for pseudo-intellectual science and not letting her guests get a word in edgeways. Praises and worships men and never holds them to account. She screams desperate. She is not a fit, fun and feminine woman in quotation marks that she tells other women to be like in order to get men. She has gone from wearing sports clothes to dressing like a failure of a 1950s housewife all whilst claiming women hit the wall at 30 and women are not valuable if they are still unmarried when she lacks a boyfriend, a husband and a ring herself. I feel sorry for her as she's pigeonholed herself into a misogynistic media platform where her main focus is dragging women down. I can't see her career ending well. She makes sexist jokes against women in, mis- in misogynistic ways and victim-blows women and doesn't hold men to account, ever. There are so many men out there who abuse and manipulate women, but she fails to discuss or mention them. She will do anything for a coin. She refuses to come on my podcast after agreeing to when I first contacted her. She also asked me to come on her podcast, which I said no to. She only has a majority black audience in her podcasts and refuses to listen to people and won't speak to someone who will challenge her viewpoints. No self-respecting black person would agree. I mean, look at the names of all of her videos. She's a conservative pushing conservative viewpoints under the guise of being red-pilled. She's promoting and encouraging a dangerous ideology that is harmful in many aspects towards women. I'm a year older than this woman and it's shocking to see how much life experience she lacks. You can always judge someone by what they choose to create in this world. She has since made two TikToks about our Twitter beef due to the fact that I challenged her on her racist viewpoints and I managed to rile her up. As she says, my podcasts are crap, but she cannot come for my looks or intellect like she does with other content creators. I run a proper podcast with guests on all streaming platforms and she runs a YouTube channel where she speaks about the black community and puts black women down. I do my job properly and I'm not in it for clicks and views, unlike her. A lot of her videos are about black women are loud ghetto and undesirable to all men whilst all she does is chases black men herself she has made a number of videos denying racism and has been on the jesse lee peters show where she said white people face racism more she will not discuss why she uses black women as the butt of all her jokes she's a plain racist in my opinion and no other community would allow a white woman to degrade and mock their people and use a centuries old racist tropes in order to do so any other content creator would be banned, but for some reason in the black community, she's allowed to, to do what she wants. Go on her YouTube channel and type in her name next to the word racist or black and see what she says about black issues in the black community. And the funny thing is, she would probably call me a crazy feminist or a dumb leftist when I've never aligned myself with any ideology. I'm mentally free to challenge many viewpoints and opinions, unlike her. But yeah, why do your clients that, think too. that? Why do they think we're in the club every weekend just getting active? That's like 5% of women.
1: Well, I think first that many of my clients aren't... Um, well, I think many men in general kind of have this skewed idea, as I mentioned previously, about, you know, what, what a woman is and their relationship with the feminine in general. I mean, the, the, I mean, if you talk about, what well, the average man, what his kind of day looks like, he's probably got 9 to 5... Thirty thousand pounds a year he's probably addicted to pornography oh
0: god i'm going to ask you about that familiar.
1: in a minute <laughs> so you know it, it skews up your kind of perception in respects to you know how to have a healthy relationship with women i i really am you know very passionate on the fact that the, the latter points there will affect your very ability to be able to to determine whether or not uh a, a woman is is high value or not um I actually did a video very recently on 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 how most men can be tricked by you know just uh of course attractive being attractive to a uh, uh, your partner is very very important but if you're gonna base a decision on 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 that on that value you know the other values you can bring to the table then you're leave, leaving yourself open to a lot of kind of hurt in the in the long term um it's it's fairly difficult to diagnose <laughs>
0: Why are, um, what's it called again? It seems like a lot of people in Red Pill are obsessed with sex and your channel isn't like that. It teach, I'm going to ask you about FAP and porn, pornography addiction in a minute but your channel isn't mainly focused on how many women you can have sex with and how it will make you feel like a man but it seems like they're so obsessed and I've seen so many traumatising things said like if she doesn't have sex with you after three dates she's having sex with someone else move on but then in the same breath they want a woman that as they would say doesn't have a high body count but then they expect to sleep with every single person they meet with really fast and it's the compartmentalization of it like it doesn't make sense
1: yeah 100 it's this a real it's a real um conflict of uh you no know, values there um well, uh, I, I, I first think it's talked about too much and it's almost cliche. I mean, again, I'm not an ideologue. I don't really believe that every single man needs to subscribe to monogamy or polygamy. I, I believe that. I believe in asking yourself the question is ultimately the person you want to become, is he monogamous, is he polygamous? And then you can make a decision predicated on that information of where you ultimately want to go. I really have no no there's no saying that. You're the captain of your own ship in that respect. Um, I do believe though, if I had to kind of throw my hat in the ring, I, I I do believe, and you kind of touched on this earlier, that going in the direction of polygamy and having multiple partners kind of further facilitates the, the issue that we're having at the moment. I mean, a lot of men are complaining again about you know, high body count and you know, if she's got a, a child or something like that, and you shouldn't even consider her. But at the same time, you're watching these kind of fresh and fit videos telling you to go and get more notches on your belt. So, you know, do not understand the hypocrisy (laughs) and that kind of thinking.
0: It's bizarre. It's it's very bizarre. And they'll say things like with the whole polygamy thing, what I think some of them push is not really polygamy, because it will be if he's a they'll say there's no such thing as I, I heard someone say there's no such thing as a high value woman. She is born inherently with her value, a man has to earn it. In some senses, that may be true.
1: I mean, a lot of men are complaining again about you know, high body count and you know, if she's got a, a child or something like that, then you shouldn't even consider her. But at the same time, you're watching these kind of fresh and fit videos telling you to go and get more notches on your belt. So, you know, do not understand the hypocrisy <laughs> and that kind of thinking.
0: It's bizarre. It's, it's very bizarre. And they'll say things like, with the whole polygamy thing, what I think some of them push is not really polygamy because it will be, if he's a... They will say there's no such thing as... A, I heard someone say there's no such thing as a high-value woman. She is born inherently with her value. A man has to earn it. In some senses, that may be true. Um, but the man is allowed to go out and cheat like Andrew Tate says this and a lot of them say it he's allowed to cheat and sleep with whoever because that's just what a man needs to do women are different but then if he has a girlfriend she's not allowed to talk to another man look at another man have Instagram he's allowed to post like racy pictures she's not and he should be able to have sex with whoever he wants and I'm just like that's not really polygamy that's more like an open relationship where one person is allowed to cheat they kind of normalize that and i would love to hear from some of these red-pilled wives to to just get an insight into their life is that conducive of a healthier relationship
1: yeah i'd like to be a fly on the wall in that particular conversation certainly um i mean Tate's a very interesting character i certainly don't agree with everything which he said and i think to a large degree he leans into it he likes to be polarizing he likes attention he 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 he, he likes that kind of character uh, that he's kind of creating um online and you know he's a he's he's a, a in in a very 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 um you know subset of of men and he can do that and I you know, I have no problem in, in him doing it though I think it's important to kind of make the distinction that most men are millionaires or billionaires yeah. and don't drive a Bugatti around places um, so you know you kind of have to make that decision you know, for yourself, are you going to get to his kind of level? Odds on probably not so it's important for men to make more intelligent decisions and maybe just view it through a lens of entertainment rather than just would you say? any kind of moral advice?
0: Are men invisible in these communities because they claim that they can go out and they're just not seen? And I wanna understand that because as a woman, I can get like unwanted attention. Like, I don't know, I have one of these faces. People will come and talk to me. It's really annoying. Sometimes I don't wanna to talk to people. I can be sitting there and someone will come over and start a conversation. But I've seen so many of these red-pilled men say that it's a lonely existence to be a man in this day and age can you just kind of explain that to my audience explain that to me break it down what they may mean by this
1: the red pillars are saying it's a lonely existence to be a man as
0: as in like as, as a red they're just invisible like when they leave the house like they are invisible as a man they don't feel valued in their 20s there's like a loneliness there
1: so I, I think this kind of as a reflection of the sexual market value and and i th- and i think perhaps red pill might be uh a more difficult i th- i think if you're of the in in, in uh, of the predisposition that you s- subscribe to some of the red pill um ideology that you have to recognize the ugly truth that you're not inherently valuable as a 20-year-old man you're going to be more valuable in your 30s so i i actually i actually do give this advice if you are single in your 20s to my to my clients i say look again this is this is an ugly truth but you can do whatever you want you're going to be much more valuable in your 30s if you put your head down you work on your business you work on your fitness you work on maybe some social skills and then stop chasing women through that kind of period in time between your 20s and 30s and then once you're Ten times more valuable in your thirties, you'll be able to, to secure a higher quality woman if that is your wish, and, um, you know, uh, uh, again, I, 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 found my missus when I was twenty, three, twenty four, and, um, you know, I wouldn't say I strictly followed that, but, uh, it's, it's, um, and I, I think that's what they're trying to describe if they have, got this idea that. Self-improvement is gonna be the vehicle for them delaying immediate gratification now and reaping it more in their kind of thirties and forties, than many men are of that idea that that's what they'll go to do. So it is a it is a it's a lonely existence in that respect.
0: Why does it seem like someone kind of 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 asking a question? It kind of does, yeah. I get that. I guess if I was I have to be honest, like women love well I love anyway somebody that's like physically healthy and that does go to the gym, and I can kind of tell when a man doesn't have it. I think it touches on social skills if a man's not confident or doesn't love himself, I don't want anything to do with him. I know that's like quite deep, but there's nothing more attractive than somebody that loves themselves and has. like a a really good self-confidence because how is that person going to love me if they don't love themselves? And I feel like a lot of people that aren't, I don't want to say healed or have low self-esteem, like they can't accept compliments, they don't know how to give love and receive it. And it's like, I don't know, I feel like women can sense that. And that's why often, I know some men will say they go for the bad boys, but they're like cocky and confident and like it's attractive to have somebody that will just knows that they are that guy, if that makes sense. Mm. So I think the mm. social skills thing, I, 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 100% needs yeah, to... Carry on, sorry. I don't know, just learn good social skills. Sorry, carry on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, no I, I'm, I'm in completely with agreement there. And I'm very... Uh, empathize a lot of what you're saying there in that respect and, 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 I, and I think it can kind of maybe bridge the gap between the, the, the thinking process of an individual who has discovered the red pill and ultimately what you find attractive in a man is that um, you 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 feel more of that self-assured feeling, that groundedness when you come across another man, perhaps if you meet him in a coffee shop or a library or some of the places that you like to go um, you know, and he's confident, he's well spoken, he's got his life together, he's well built um, once you've gone through that kind of, uh, I'm, have you, I'm sure you've heard of this monk mode phase as well.
0: Yes, we're going to get into that. That's the next question.
1: The monk, the monk mode. So, so this, is, this is really the, what would you say, the actions and habits that, that kind of uh, comprise a lot of uh, a red pillars man, you know, day to day, is that I want to get to that place, Evan, I want to get to that place where I'm able to speak with women from a place of love, because I've done the hard work, I've built my body to a respectable place, my finances to a respectable place, my social skills to a respectable place, that, you know, I, I, I feel that in myself, I feel that self-respect, and you know, once I have that established, you know, the, the other parts are gonna come easy. I mean, when I when I left school, I can't remember when I left school, I was like nine stone soaking wet, I was very, very skinny, so I had to go to the gym and I had to, you know, I was very, very anxious around around women, um, so, I, I, I went to the gym by myself, went to the YMCA in Abbas Langley, <laughs> went there five times a week, started downing, you know, mass gainers and protein shakes, and I, and I, you know, a year, two years later, was so much more self-confident in myself, but I came at the sacrifice of not going so much to social interactions and chasing women at the pub on a Friday night. So, that's, that was a lonely existence
0: i get what you mean that kind of goes back to our previous question what was i going to say i know you teach nofap and i i just don't see you encouraging like people to just go out and just like sleep with multiple women i know they call it spinning plates can you explain what nofap is to my audience and why someone may start implementing this technique into their lifestyle
1: so first I want to preface this by saying that I'm, again, not an idiot log, and I've, I've said that many, many times, and, and you have as well, and I don't believe... I believe this is like a tool in a man's toolbox, a very, very important tool that has collected a lot of dust over the last 100, 200 years. Athletes um, do
0: like it, fasting. still. Hmm?
1: Athletes still do it. Yeah, that's true, that's true, but it's a very secular piece of... Well, there's a distinction here between kind of no-fap and, let's say, sexual retention, semen yeah. retention. So, no-fap is essentially the the abolishment of the idea of pornography in your, in your life and masturbation uh, as well. So, an individual is no longer watching pornography and he's no longer self-pleasuring himself. Um, he is only getting his sexual gratification through intercourse. And why why should an individual do that is the kind of second part to your question. Well, first and foremost, it's important to remember that the effects of pornography on the brain are akin to class A drugs like cocaine and heroin. There's a great book called Your Brain on Porn by Gary Wilson, if you want to read a little bit more about that. So, you know, the question you first have to ask yourself is, With something as accessible as pornography from your pocket to every man and every woman and every young, um, you know, teenager or child who has a tablet, are you comfortable with your son or daughter having access to a stimulation that will create this kind of effect in their neurology? Maybe not. It absolutely destroys your reward centers, and it makes novel things in your life less pleasurable if you are addicted to pornography. So, you know, a simple walk in the park is no longer as pleasuring because you have something that can stimulate yourself in a way that is, you know, unprecedented in the world that we live in. Um, there's actually an interesting, uh, <laughs> There's an interesting video I did the other day in respects to um, you know, a story about this. So I'll try and summarize this very quickly. So the story goes as such. There is a young warrior in his 20s who looks after a village. He does his due diligence. He's training with a sword every single day. He's, you know, very loved in the community. He's smiling to the, to the young women and he's uh, hard work. And everyone believes he's going to be a great warrior one day. But one day a spirit comes to him and he says, I'm the spirit of seeing I will see I will um, show you whatever you want to see. And first the warrior is skeptical. He's like, okay, show me the barn in a nearby town. The spirit shows him a barn. He goes, okay. He goes, show me the most beautiful woman in the world. He shows him the most beautiful woman in the world. And he ogles her for about five minutes and then he comes to his senses. He's a little bit embarrassed. He goes, okay, show me a great warrior. And he shows him a great warrior. Big, strong, muscular, toned, stern face. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna be like him one day that's what i want to aim towards and he said go away spirit i don't want to see you ever again but the spirit says you know what i'll stay in the corner of your room and i'll show you whatever what you, whatever you want you know when you want to see it soon he starts missing his sword training practice he starts spending a little bit more time with the spirit in his room looking at these beautiful women to show him anything another 10 years go by and he's given up all his aspirations on uh, becoming this great warrior. He's a middle-aged man, about 40. And uh, it's his 40th birthday, and the, and the clock kind of strikes 12. He hears a little laugh from the corner of the room. And it's the spirit laughing. He says, my work is done. And the spirit had never spoken before, so this, this, uh, this uh, middle-aged man now is you know, very, he's starting to get a little bit scared. He says, what do you mean your work is done? He says, I am the concentration of all the evil in the world. I'm the devil himself, and I've been sent to destroy you because it was a prophecy that foretold that on this day I will send a demon to destroy this town but you were the one who was supposed to protect it but you traded in your strength and your power for fantasy so this is the modern struggle for most men people are wondering my clients are wondering why they have no drive no zeal no energy after work, to go to the gym, to improve themselves, to work on their online business, to work on the side hustle, because they're having virtual sex, they're over-sex, they're over-addicted uh, um, to this, this kind of material.
0: One of my friends um, that lives in Canada, male guy, told me that he was porn-addicted a couple of years ago. And that he had to go to therapy. He told me that the girls that he was dating and seeing, he could not get it up, and he was telling me how bad it was. And this was like two thousand and eighteen, but the men that I date don't really watch porn. I'm happy about that. <laughs> like it's a, it's a, men are. I don't know. They've been open with me about it. They prefer to use their imagination, or look at pictures of women that they actually know in real life, which <laughs> I don't know. But how many? Because it seems like a very prevalent issue, and it's it's quite scary. Because I see the effects of pornography on the dating scene. It's like they've learned from pornography and they think that that's what it's like in real life, or that's how a woman is supposed to look, or this is how it's supposed to be, and they don't really focus on female pleasure in that sense. But are is this is this issue a lot deeper than? we know know of are there a, a I, lot I, of your clients coming to you with this is it a, a big issue that we need to start looking at now and tackling
1: yeah yeah uh, more than I you know like to admit to be honest it feels like I wake up every single day with you know three or four messages around around this issue with uh, with with relation to that I think I think it does run a lot deeper I, I I really of I'm of the opinion if you're a man seeking to improve your life that you know if there's only one thing you can do is to get rid of this kind of uh you know trope in your life um it, it, it i mean it, it really is the attention on kind of your reward systems and you mentioned uh, just previously in your question in respects to men just not finding just average normal everyday girls attractive because there's a there's a hyper you know feminization yeah. of you know the type of women that they're watching and that fantasy doesn't even come close to the reality of what is happening, and then you get things like erectile dysfunction. You get social anxiety around these women. So, it's 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 something very very insidious that not a lot of people like talking about. It's a very sensitive issue. It, it makes it it, it makes um, people feel uncomfortable or embarrassed. But I I, I think you know if we're going to kind of correct you know our values and how we perceive each other. Men and women, it starts by getting rid of this kind of hyper stimuli in your life. There's a very interesting um, effect that happens when you watch pornography called the Coolidge Effect. Have you heard of this term before? Never. So the Coolidge Effect, um, it's in, I believe the story was from one of the US presidents, I can't remember which one it was, but essentially there was the US president went to visit a, um, a farm, and this farmer was exclaiming that he had a, a rooster that was responsible for 90% or 95% of all the, um, the offspring of uh, new chickens on the farm. So it's amazing. This, this, this rooster can just go and go and go all day and reproduce, reproduce, reproduce. It's, oh, that's amazing. The resonance head. is going, Is it with the same, is it with the same hen? No, no, it's not with the same hen. It's with multiple different hens. So the concept there is that sexual novelty, the ability to choose from various different partners, can keep an individual coming back for more we call it pmo so pornography masturbation orgasm so if you have access to a database of you know tens and hundreds of thousands of women multiple races multiple you know skin tones and hair colors and body shapes you're tricking your nervous system into believing that you're having sex with multiple different women the body doesn't know the difference between a virtual woman and a real woman, if you're pleasuring yourself to pornography online, your body believes that it's having sex with a real woman so and we have two prime directives of a, as a human organism which kind of drive us and the first one is to eat, to sustain our survival fortunately we're not in a uh, society, well, a western society that we're in any danger of running out of any food anytime quick so we've got that basic need map the second basic need is to have sex to ensure the survival of the human race. And coming up to, what, 8 billion people now on Earth, not in any danger of going extinct anytime soon. So your basic needs, food, junk food, and then having sex with virtual women is being met. And then men are wondering why they can't muster the energy to go and talk to real women in life. Because you're you're playing a dirty trick on yourself. It's a, It's almost like a... It's a, a, it's a fragmentation between what your nervous system, your nervous system is experiencing. It's experiencing pleasure through virtual stimulation, but what you're seeing isn't indicative of the pleasure that you're experiencing. You're not getting any kind of kind of companionship with these women. So it's like a cognitive dissonance. It's a it's a it's a foul trick you play on yourself when you do that kind of thing. And that's why men are so confused, where they feel depressed and anxious and upset and all these neurotic tendency so they're wasting really their energy as well dangerous.
0: you're wasting your Second, energy sorry. you're wasting your energy every time you have a wank that's yeah. what i think it takes
1: takes a, it takes a tremendous amount of energy to have an orgasm uh with with your nervous system and that's why uh, you know we talked about no fat but you know there's another esoteric tangent of that which is seminal retention so essentially the difference between that is that you're not even ejaculating even if you, you know, have a relationship and you're having intercourse with somebody. So the idea is that the easiest way to describe it is that you withhold everything in this world is energy. Mm-hmm. For, for us to have this conversation now, there has to be a transmutation of energy from the sun beating down on the earth, growing the food, the food I'm eating, and then powering my my physical body and my, my verbal ability to to speak to you but also you have to recognise those two prime directives the second one being so important is you're going to prioritise the rate in which you replenish your sexual energy, sexual fluids and if you're constantly taxing yourself in that regard again you're going to have no time to recover it's that yin and yang that I mentioned before and most men are over-sexed over-stimulated so there has to be a a cooling aspect of this and then you'll find that you have the energy to go in. Go to the gym. meet a beautiful woman. Socialise more. Build that side hustle.
0: Why can't this be taught in schools for young boys? How pornography can be detrimental? Because I'm in touch with the next porn star. I've been trying to get her on now for a while, and her channel is amazing on YouTube. And she talks about doing degradation porn and how it's affected her life. And she talks out against the harms of pornography and the industry why can't people like i don't know have this like type of education in schools of how not to get caught up into it and and how bad it can be it should be a part of sex education
1: it's 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 uh it's an important point you raise i i don't think it's fully stepped into the spotlight of kind of mainstream media i think in my my personal opinion it's it's a very very delicate topic that you kind of have to you have to approach it in a in a very specific kind of way i feel and um, i definitely think that we'll get there i i just think it's a very powerful substance it really is
0: 100% um, i bel- i agree with you
1: i I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, to be honest. I, th- I still think there's some. There's a narrative that is very. I think there's there's a there's a strong narrative still that is very very innocent. I mean, if you if you walked up to a random man in the street and you asked him if he you know, watched pornography, he'd probably say yes. If you are if you went you know to a pub, um, and, you know, you were talking to a, a gaggle of guys talking about it, they'd probably joke about it and the topic will come up. But you know, there'd be a sense of shock if somebody said that they didn't or were celibate or were abstinent or practice some of the things that we mentioned so far. And I think we'll be in a better place where we can have a serious conversation about celibacy or abstinence without laughing. Yeah. I think that will start to move things in the direction that you're talking about.
0: I am a big believer in, like, um, fasting, prayer... All of those types of things. I know how powerful it can be, but people don't understand sexual energy as well. And I just feel like certain people can't, they're not ready to have that conversation. That's why when I saw your channel, I was so shocked that you were talking about some of the things that I know in my heart of heart are true. I was so shocked. How comes your teachings are so different to other male coaches i know people like hamza it's really nice to see i've been looking at his channel and i saw his journey of like sleeping with lots of women spoken about having a girlfriend to just not being into like hookup culture anymore and to wanting to like focus on other things and how it's not fulfilling and it's great to hear men say it because it's just the opposite of what other people preach how comes your are different to, different to other coaches
1: I think it stems from values now if you were to ask me uh, when we were at school together if I believed in God I would say no I would say I'm a devout atheist I believe in science I believe I'm you know very rational but you know as I get older and older I, I certainly have developed a, what would you say a, a spiritual a spiritual identity um, it, I, I think it does I, I, I think the salvation to To move yourself in the direction of, um, you know, some of the bits and pieces that we we're talking about, you have to develop some kind of virtues around the idea of God. God. And again, here, here I'm saying again, I'm not an ideologue. I don't believe that you need to subscribe to any kind of particular um, you know, religion, but I certainly believe it's a good stepping stone to understanding something you know greater than yourself. Unfortunately, the people that we've talked about previously, fresh and fit. Um, Talked about Andrew Tate is that if you if you don't have something higher than yourself to orientate yourself around, then you become the thing that you orientate yourself around, and it becomes predicated on pleasure, not joy. So that's the distinction there. As I'm chasing joy, you don't want to be the person who came for joy but self for pleasure. Pleasure is cheap. Pleasure is finite. Joy comes when you have something higher than yourself to aim for, and it's. I think it's firmly grounded in some kind of spiritual values, so I was lucky enough to to kind of find Hinduism, and, you know, if you had to put a gun to my head and say to choose, you know, what religion do you subscribe to, it would probably be something in in, in that kind of field. I've got very strong resonance with, and I don't don't even really, I think if you asked a Hindu, if it's a religion, he would say it was more a philosophy, more than anything, so I have a kind of strong resonance for the ideas and, and beliefs in that, and Self-actualization, which is, you know, if you're not familiar with that term, is God realization, realizing that, you know, beneath all the, what would you say, skin of the world that we're all, you know, one huge organism, we're one and the same. That's what I'm constantly chasing in every moment of my life. And the practices that you mentioned there, fasting, sexual energy mastery, uh, I don't know if you mentioned meditation before, but they're all attempts to self-actualize yourself, to realize that, you know, I'm not, my, I'm not my hungry belly when I'm on a 24-hour fast, but I'm, you know, the, the soul, the Atman, the Numa. use whatever terminology you want, that's underneath all that. But like I mentioned, those men are very nihilistic in that respect. And if you, if you knock God off the top of your value systems, like we have done in modern Western culture, you just kick God off the top, you put yourself there. You become very self-serving, become very, very selfish. When you're very, very selfish, you will only pursue that, which is immediately gratifying to you. That makes sense.
0: I completely get it. It's a very hedonistic lifestyle. And I think those practices as well, they teach you that you are, I want to say more than your flesh in a way. and a way it. Weird, but, yeah. It kind of as well I don't know for people that haven't fasted before it it's, it's something that's very powerful because it teaches you to over you after you do a fast you feel like you can do anything you set your mind to in the world because you can conquer that hunger and it's the self discipline it's the mindset that you can achieve anything you put your mind to it's the willpower and also, I feel like don't. it helps you to... This is quite a spiritual thing, but they say that your nervous system is like another brain. Not your nervous system, sorry. Your digestive system is like another brain. Kind of second
1: brain in the East,
0: yeah. Yeah, because you've got loads of, like, nerve endings. People say gut feelings. You need to trust your gut. But you need to, like, Intuition. sometimes give that a break, kill your yeah. flesh, and, like, I don't know, prayer as well, when you fast, you can really connect with... I don't, I, for me personally, I'm not religious like you. I don't want to go to mass. I'm very like open-minded when it comes to all different types of spiritual practices and spiritual things, but it's like, I feel like you can connect to a higher power when you silence that, that need for hunger. It's a very interesting experience. Have you got any final points before we wrap up? I don't want to keep you too long. <laughs>
1: No, I think I think we've actually come to a nice place. I would just kinda of continue on from that last that last point is that there was a an interesting quote that I am failing to remember the source, but it was essentially something like most of man and woman's neuroticisms, pains and problems stem from his and her inability to sit in a room alone for twenty minutes with nothing. So it comes from a sense of contentedness that you know, we, 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 we live in a very overstimulated culture, you know, we're always on our phones, or our computers, or our laptops. And there's always something to do. But, you know, if you can quell that feeling through fasting, and you can you can apply the principle of fasting, which is just a long period of abstinence for any kind of stimulation, not just food, but you can also do, you know, a fast from uh, social media, or you can go fast from um, uh, orgasm, you can do a fast from orgasm. Um, you come to realize, like you say, you're kind of greater than your flesh, and you you, you come to this point of a you know, quiet realization that, you know, you're not, you're not these neurotic feelings that you experience every day. You're not anger. You're not depression. You're not, you're not despair, apathy, or guilt. And you're not also the neurotic thoughts you feel. You're not, you know, the, the things that arise as a, uh, as a consequence of your inner dialogue. But you're the witness of those things. And the analogy I like to use and we'll probably use this as a closing point is the 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 objective of meditation is to recognise that you have a body, you have a mind, but you're not your body and your mind. And your body can be described as a a car, so you're not your car, you're not your navigation system, which is your brain. I think that orientates you through the world. But you in fact the driver of the car and of the navigation system. And that's the truest thing. And that's how you get into the present moment. A present moment, we could talk for another hour on, so I'll probably leave it there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for your time today, Joe. Where can people find you? What are your links? And what type of content will you be producing next? And what type of services do you offer men? Because since my uh, platform has started growing, Every week I check analytics. I mainly check Spotify, but I'm getting like 50% male listeners, which I think is really, really great. So Wonderful. anyone that's listening that wants to come and like contact you personally, where can they best find you?
1: Definitely. So the best place to contact with me uh, would be probably be Twitter. You can find me at Masculine Theory. That's all one word. You can find me on YouTube at Masculine Theory. And you can find me on Instagram at The Masculine Theory. Um, the kind of content I'm producing is you know, again in the realisation of self actualization but I suppose in more of a um, say, physical terminology we kind of tackle um, well, I'm, I'm, the coaching programme I have at the moment is called King Warrior Magician Lover and it's essentially how to think, feel, act and be the person that you want to be in the world today um, and that's going very very well um, but I've got many different products and courses that are touching on fasting, touching on sexual energy mastery, touching on also how to build um, a digital presence, so I've got my digital real estate um, course available so if you're interested, uh, I'd be happy to have you and speak about a little bit more about your particular aspirations, but it's been a pleasure to share uh, this time with you on your platform, Evan Um, so yeah, I appreciate it
0: Thank you very much Joe. I really enjoyed that, I've been meaning to get you on, I would say for about a year now, I had Oli Sheehan on to talk about love languages and stuff, but it's just did, yeah. interesting to see the content creators that have come out of our our year group, if that makes sense, it's nice. Yeah.
1: It's funny, it's funny, I always, you know what's funny, I always pictured you doing something like this. Really? If you were to say like podcast, I'd been like, something like Eben, yeah.
0: I'm surprised
1: I wouldn't have said me definitely not me to do stuff online 100% no Ollie that was a little bit of a but he's brilliant brilliant I should probably talk to him a little bit more we'd have a lot to talk about I think
0: you two would do a fantastic collab I had a lot of people I made friends through the podcast I did with him because I had women Mm. approaching me that ended up coming on my podcast for an episode but he also gained a lot of clientele um From his episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Please don't forget to give my podcast a rating and a follow.